Yeah. The Flathead's only local sports talk show. The Knock on Sports. Six to eight weeknights. Only on 96.5 and 600 KGEZ. Here's your host, Anthony Knockreiner. Welcome back inside the Knock On Sports and joining us right now on the Whitefish Credit Union Hotline, good friend of the show, that is Ken Wright. He joined us last night as we previewed Major League Baseball. We talked about the American League. Now it is time to talk about the National League. Let's get Ken on the program. Ken, it is great to chat with you once again. I appreciate you making two nights in a row for me. Oh, sure, absolutely. And this is Christmas Eve to baseball fans. You know, tomorrow is the opening day. Yes, I know it's April Fool's Day, but it is uh, opening day for baseball. It's really happening and uh, very exciting with uh, everybody playing, which is the way it should be on opening day. A lot of teams are playing three-game series in the next four days with a day off in between Thursday and Sunday. But we'll finally have some games. We'll finally have some results, and uh, we'll see some early things going on. And, uh Hopefully we make it through a 162-game season, and uh, I look forward to it, and I like sharing the stuff here with you. Well, Ken, I really appreciate it, man. And uh, let's start here. You got another trivia question. You had a good one last night. Uh, what do you got for us tonight? Okay. The, the irony of this question is that the second-place answer is Mike Trout. Now, we're not going to make that a theme throughout the year, but uh, this question is, Who's making the most in baseball this season? Who has the biggest salary this year? So, for example, Trout got a $464 million contract, but he's getting $37 million of it this year. There is somebody who's getting paid more than Mike Trout this year, and you need to name that baseball player. Need to name who's getting paid more than Mike Trout? Mm-hmm. All right. All right. I've got a couple yeah. names here. We'll see. Okay, good. I got a couple names. We'll hold on to this. Fans, you keep uh, holding on here as well. Just hit me up on Twitter at the Knock On Sports. Let me know what your guesses are. We'll see if we can get the right answer here before Ken tells us. We'll see what happens. Uh, Ken, with that being said, let's jump right into it. Let's talk about the National League. Let's talk about the World Series and the NL defending champion, Los Angeles Dodgers. Um, Very different from the American League defending champs, Tampa Bay Rays. The Dodgers added even more star power, and they look even more formidable this season. Uh, What do you think about the Dodgers, and are they in your contender conversation? Oh, absolutely. This is the best team in baseball. Uh, They they, they were really, really good last year. They finally won, of course. As we know, the Dodgers have been close for a couple seasons now and have had a really good team for about six or seven years. But finally, everything came together for them. And they had to overcome some adversity. Think about it. They were down 3-1 to one against the Atlanta Braves in the National League Championship Series and rallied to win. And we saw them carry it through the playoffs into the World Series, beating the Tampa Bay Rays in six games. Of course, Blake Snell, as you well remember, pitched game six for the Rays. And once he gave up a hit, he was taken out in one of the strangest moves I've ever seen. But the Dodgers are a great team. They deserve to win, and they deserve the favorites role this year. However, this is going to be the best race in baseball for a, for a division. The, the Padres are kind of like now, they're really a rival of the Dodgers. In fact, in fact, this is incredible, Anthony. They went at it in a spring training game, and the Padres celebrated one of the games that they rallied in the ninth inning against the Dodgers to win as if they won a playoff game. 
That'll tell you the intensity of this rivalry that's building. The Padres are kind of like the little brother. He's been kind of been pushed around. Now he thinks he's tough enough. The Dodgers are the, the big brother saying, you're still the little brother. But I really, really look forward to it. And again, as we talked about with the Dodgers, what a great team they have. They've added Trevor Bauer, the young pitching that they've got with uh, Kershaw, Bueller. Uh, this top three is as good as any top three in baseball. And, of course, they're hitting so deep. Mookie Betts, I'm starting to think about this. I think he may be the best player in baseball right now. Acuna's younger. He looks like he's going to be great. Tatis for San Diego gets a lot of publicity. We know Mike Trout's been great. But Mookie Betts is a winner. He won with the Red Sox. He came over there last year with the Dodgers, helped them win as well. So I, when you add up everything the Dodgers have, they are the best team in baseball. Uh, Seager, the shortstop, is fantastic. He was the uh, MVP in the playoffs last year. I think he may have an MVP season. The Dodgers are just overwhelming. They actually can sustain some injuries, which other teams can't. I think the Dodgers are a 100-win baseball team. I was about to say, you mentioned only three guys in that rotation. You still got David Price in there, um, among a few others along with that. I mean, Dustin May is another yeah. good young pitcher. Yeah, you, you, you look at it, the guys that have in the bullpen and guys that aren't going to be sent down to play minor league baseball, they are just loaded with arms. I give them credit, you know, for a big market team. Usually that's not the way it works. The Dodgers have a lot of homegrown players, and they've added enough free agents to make them a fantastic team. And this is why they continue to you know, sustain what they've been doing. Well, and you mentioned it too, Ken, because you talked about the Dodgers in the in the Padres. Dodgers are still kicking the Padres around a little bit, I think, because they are the younger brother. And until the Padres can prove that they can really take down the Dodgers in multiple series, I think that's what's going to take for me. Because again, the Padres are exciting, no question about that. But at the same time, it, it, I think that the, for the Padres, they're going to have to consistently try and edge out this team because I just don't know that they can go in terms of depth, in terms of starting pitching. I know they got Blake Snell, that helps, and they've got some guys. The lineup's a lot better. Obviously, when you got ta- you know uh, Tatis, it's going to help you, and you got Machado there as well. Um, but I just feel like the Dodgers still have a slight edge over this team, and I just don't know if they'll be consistently enough to be able to challenge the Dodgers. Oh, I I totally agree with you, Anthony. But now that the Dodgers have won, we'll see if some complacency sets in. You know, they've worked so hard over the last six, seven years to finally get to where they wanted to be, win a first world, world title since 1988. Now they've gotten there. Do you relax a little bit? Hey, we're good. We know we're good. We played real well. The Padres have got that. They got that young, energetic, maybe brash, maybe, you know, they're kind of a cocky team, I would say. You know, they adopted that Slam Diego thing last year. Uh, Machado and Tatis are players who, who wear their hearts on their sleeves, which is something I like. Eric Hosmer, the veteran first baseman, has won before also with Kansas City. So they do have really, really good parts. Yes, they don't have the name value that the Dodgers do. But Trent Grissom, their center fielder, Will Myers, their left fielder, is a nice player. And also they added Hugh Darvish to that starting rotation of theirs. So I think I think this is going to be a great race. I can easily see this them being within three or four games throughout the season, and the battles between each of them will be tremendous. They'll play 19 games against each other. So a lot really adds up, and I have not looked at the schedule to see what's going on at the end of the year. But if they have a three-game series real close to the end of the season, remember, it's four-division title. 
and the loser will probably make the playoffs, but that's that one-game scenario that we talk about that baseball has right now. So these games will be very, very important. It's going to be a fun race, as Ken said. Ken, speaking to the NL West, do you feel like there is it going to be just those two teams, or is there a team that can pester each one of the Padres and the Dodgers? Well, here, here's my synopsis of the rest of the teams. Colorado, well, they lost Aaron. Uh, you know, they lost uh, Aaron. Aaron. I'm sorry, uh, Nolan Arenado to to the uh, Cardinals. So they lost their best player. You're not going to go anywhere with that. Again, it's tough to pitch in Colorado. Uh, San Francisco, uh, they're an organizational mess right now. I look, I look at their lineup, and I, I shake my head and go, they have older players, Buster Posey, Evan Longoria, players that are past their prime. They just don't have enough young players to build up. Here's how bad it is for them. They brought Scott Casimir into spring training to see if he can make the rotation. Yes, Scott Casimir, who left baseball four years ago. That's kind of where the Giants are at. In Arizona? I wrote down a big blank. I didn't know what to think of them. You look at their players, they're nice players, but they're not great players. And Zach Gallen, the great young pitcher they got from the Marlins last uh, two years ago, has not uh, been able to pitch in spring training due to an arm injury. They don't think it's serious, but he's not going to start with the team. So that's kind of where the rest of the division's at. Whoever the Dodgers and Padres beat up most amongst those three teams will be the one that probably wins the division. Looking at another division here, let's just work our way across the country since we started West. Let's look at the NL Central, a division I keep my eye on since being a Brewers fan. Uh, we still have Yelich, Kane's still here, so that makes me excited. Uh, but at the same time, uh, you know, Ken, let me get your thoughts. Is this the Cardinals' division to lose? I wrote this note down. I put my notes together uh, yesterday when, to do the National League. Now, this is a – I'm not sure a lot of people agree with this. I think the Cardinals – have the best chance to win any division in baseball. They just happen to be in this one. They're not the best team in the National League, but they're a solid team. And when I look at the rest of the teams, I said, I just don't know how anybody else can really contend. And we'll talk about the Cubs. We'll talk about the Brewers. But when I look at the Cardinals, they got Arenado. They've got the Jack Flaherty, a nice young pitcher. They've got organizational players that they bring up that are going to be in the lineup this year. going to look at and go, Wow, that guy's really good. And I don't know which one it's going to be. They've got a few to choose from. They just do things the right way. We know that. The Cardinal way is a way to do things. So I just think by default, the Cardinals are going to win 90 games in the division. And I don't think anybody else has a, has a over 500 record. So that means they're at least going to be an eight-game winner. Again, I can be wrong, but I just think their team is, is easily better than any other team in the division. Who would you say is the second-best team in that division? Um, the Cubs are the second best team only because of what they used to be. Mm. Okay. They've got an interesting situation. They got Baez, they got Rizzo, they got Bryant. You know, that was the core of the 2016 team that won the world series. All three of those guys are now playing on their contract year. And here's what the Cubs think of Anthony Rizzo, who, by the way, I think is the real core of the team. The Cubs just offered Anthony Rizzo 31 years old, a five-year, $70 million contract. Do you know, oh. I, I can't, I really, I can't even imagine how hard he either laughed at that or was so disgusted by that he can't wait to leave until after the season is over. Rizzo is a great guy. He's a great baseball player. And they offered him five years, $70 million. 
He and Freddie Freeman are about the same. I've seen career comparisons between the two. Freeman may be a tad better, but Freeman's going to probably get a $150 million contract when the season is over with the Braves. Rizzo gets $70 million? That's worse than a slap in the face. So, and, and, and the Cubs, rotation gone a little bit with the Darvish not there anymore. I don't like the makeup of the rotation. Again, nice players, but they've been there a while. It's time to break up that band. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what the Cubs do here because obviously there was such build up to this, and now we're on the other end of this thing. They got one World Series title out of it. The Cubs were very competitive, and they may still be this season, uh, but it'll be really, really interesting. Uh, we got a few more minutes here with Ken. Let's jump over to the NL East and the team that looks exciting, the team we always hear about, Ken. It's the New York Mets. They've got Lindor now, DeGrom, the pitchers. It's all going to come together, but wait, Ken. It's still the Mets. I was just going to say, you you stole the words right out of my mouth. This is (laughs) the New York Mets. This is a team that knows how not to do things the right way. And look at everything that's out there in the press about Lindor. He was offered a $320 million contract, I believe. Lindor wanted like $350 million. Just compromise, guys. Split the difference. Everybody's happy. Lindor wants to be there, but... If the Mets don't move on it and Lindor doesn't move on it, he doesn't sign the contract at the start of the season. He slumps the first month of the season because he's thinking about it. They get behind the Braves. Suddenly things don't look good. But when you look at the Mets on paper, not only they got DeGrom, Syndergaard's going to be back. Marcus Stroman, who's a really nice pitcher that pitched before for the uh, Toronto Blue Jays, is going to pitch this year. He's healthy. The Mets on paper look great. But, again, they're the Mets. They somehow to figure out how to mess things up. So, again, this should be a nice race, but I favor the Braves by at least five games when the dust settles. Here's the thing, Ken. Let me get your thoughts on this. Who is a team that we're looking at that can be that dark horse? Does it come from the Central? Does it come from the West besides the two teams that we talked about, or does it come from the East? That's tough to say because there are a lot of teams that have got some potential. And, of course, when we look at the East, we look at the Nationals, uh, they added John Lester to that great pitching staff. But that staff's starting to get a little bit older. It's hard to believe Steven Strasburg is in his 11th year in, in the major leagues. Uh, Scherzer is definitely older. So I'm kind of ten, uh, trending away from them. Uh, Juan Soto, of course, I think is one of the greatest players in baseball right now. He will definitely help them a lot. He, should, he, can, he can win the batting title and the home run title this year. I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. Um, the Phillies haven't been in the playoffs since 2011. 2011 is the last time the Phillies made the playoffs. Again, main players, Bryce Harper, JT Riamuto, and others, but not enough pitching there. The Marlins were a great surprise last year, but I still think they're a year or two from, away from what they really want to do. Uh, Sixto Sanchez, their excellent young pitcher, has to start uh, in spring training. He's going to be left behind. A little bit of arm issues trying to catch up. Sandy Alcantara. This is kind of my sleeper guy to be a Cy Young Award candidate this year. But the Marlins lineup is not deep enough to carry them far this year. They're building in the right direction, but I don't think it's going to happen. And your Brewers, I do want to give your Brewers some props here, because I know you wanted to talk about them. (laughs) Pitching. Pitching. It's hard to believe. they got two young pitchers, I know you're aware, Brandon Woodruff and Corey, uh, Corey Burns, uh, Corbin Burns, I'm sorry, 
those guys had great years last year. Again, in a shortened season, but they've built they built a little thing with those two. But Yelich has to turn it around. He was terrible last year. No other way to describe it. This year, if he gets back to being the real Christian Yelich, do they have enough underneath them? They got Colton Wong from the Cardinals on their team now. Again, a team if everything goes right, can win eighty seven to ninety games and contend. But if things don't go right, they win seventy five games and don't contend. Like I said, it's it's gonna be. Uh, <laughs> you're giving me hope here, Ken. You're giving me hope, and I'm I've got some here because I think Christian can come back. I think last year was just kind of you know it was a weird year for everybody, uh, but especially for Christian Yelich, I think he bounces back. But it'll be interesting. You know, at the same time too, what, what about Lorenzo Cain? Can he come back to form? Uh, you know, because we, we only saw him for a week before he opted out of, of the season. With that being said, as we are finishing up here with Ken Wright, Ken, give me your thoughts. Which league is stronger, the National League or the American League? I think the National League has better teams, more depth of better teams. We just we talked about the, the Mets, the Braves, the Dodgers, the Padres, the Cardinals. Those are the five best teams in the National League. You go to the American League side, Yankees, White Sox, maybe the Astros, maybe the A's, the Twins have been a playoff contender. I told you I like Toronto, but I'm not as confident in those teams as I am in the first five teams I mentioned on the National League side. So I think the American League is a little bit more wide open. The National League, I think it's a little top-heavy. We'll see how that plays out during the regular season. Ken, let's get to your trivia question here. Once again, ask what is your trivia question? Okay, the trivia question is, what baseball player is going to earn the most money in salary this year? And that number is $40 million. Name that player. And again, this is, and this is higher than Mike Trout, right? Yeah, that's correct. And, and just to let you all know out there, we talked about this guy in our segment tonight. <laughs> Even better. So I've got a couple. I've got a couple here. Got a couple comments from listeners here uh, that hit us up at the Knock On Sports. One person suggested Manny Machado. All right. An excellent guess. Manny Machado's in the top 10 of highest paid players this year, but he's not number one. I had another listener suggest Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper, again, in the top 10 salaries in baseball, but he's not the highest paid player this year. These are good guesses, by the way. Uh, the next player that was guest was Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts, again, a great contract he got from the Dodgers last year. He's in the top ten, but not number one. All he right. a good audience out there. <laughs> All right, so we've we got a couple of listeners in. I'm going to give you my guess here, Ken. Hmm, man, I'll tell you what, this is going to be tough. You know, more money than Mike Trout. Uh, let's see here. i got to say... He huh? signed a three-year deal this year with options after the second and third year. You're telling me Trevor Bauer? Trevor Bauer is getting paid $40 million this year. Wow. Trevor Bauer is looking out here. That's impressive. I, I, it's funny because I do remember the contract, but still you, you don't really think pitchers in terms of the highest salary. You figure, okay, yeah, they're in there, but it's more of those other players that have signed huge deals. Yeah, and, here, and here's the trick to it. It's only a three-year deal. He's taking $40 million this year. He has opt-out year after next year. And after the third year, the Dodgers have an opt-out on it. And next year, Bauer's getting $45 million if he wants it. So when you're a Scott Boris client, which Trevor Bauer is, you have a Cy Young award-winning year, even though you had a career four ERA going into last year. You have a great year at the right time. Big market teams go after him. The Mets and the Dodgers both bid on him and bid a lot for him. The Dodgers won that bidding war. 
and he ended up with the, with the most money this year. It's, it's, it's incredible how baseball salaries work because, like I say, a guy like Anthony Rizzo deserves money. Trevor Bauer has only had two really good years in baseball. And, again, he had a four-career ERA going into last year. Pitch is great. He did pitch great last year. You're in the right place at the right time. That's how baseball works. Ken Wright, our featured guest, joining us on the Whitefish Credit Union Hotline as we get ready for opening day tomorrow for Major League Baseball. Ken, thank you so much for the time. Really appreciate the insight as well. Look forward to chatting with you again soon, my friend. You got it. Uh, the Grom versus Scherzer tomorrow. That's your, that's your quality matchup on day one. Great stuff there, and that's a heck of a matchup. I'll probably be watching that one for sure. Ken Wright joining us here. I know we're running behind, but we're going to go ahead and jump into some college football with Sam Herter next here on the Knock On Sports. This is Greg Ellingson representing Flatted Farm Mutual Insurance Company, Montana's home-owned insurance company. Who was the greatest basketball player of all time? Michael Jordan? Magic Johnson? In my opinion, it was Wilt the Stilt Chamberlain, the holder of 72 NBA records, including 100 points scored in one game, averaged 50 points in one season, converted 70% of his shots in a season. One game had 26 block shots and 55 rebounds, against Bill Russell, no less. Seven consecutive scoring titles, nine shooting titles, 11 rebound titles, led in assists one year, 72 records in all, and never fouled out of a game. I rest my case. Greg Ellingson, Flatted Farm Mutual Insurance Company. 